Welcome to the Our Safe Harbor Church podcast. Here you can listen to our Sunday sermon, Monday morning message, and midweek Bible study. We hope you will consider subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, but please be sure to check out our website at www.OurSafeHarbor.com to learn more about us and find ways to get involved. Our Safe Harbor Church, we are with you wherever you are. Hello, church. How are you today? I hope everything's going good. Weather's changed a little bit out here in the Pacific Northwest. Starting to get cold. Starting to get rainy. I'm out here with the big dum-dum. He's having a good time. Garm. Good boy. (laughs) He's having a good day today. Just like I hope all of you are. Peace be to you. So today I wanted to talk about something that it actually had more of an impact on my Christian life and my relationship with the scripture than I near I near to say almost anything else, but almost anything else. There's other things. So what I want to talk about is the idea of reading the scripture on your own by yourself away from your church family, away from your preacher, away from the people who would tell you you're reading it wrong or you don't know the Hebrew or the Greek or whatever it is, right? Don't know the true meaning of this verse. So if you are a Christian, just realize you don't ever read that book alone unless you want to. Like when I read the book and I'm, there's no other humans around, I'm still not reading the book alone. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. God gave that to me. He told me, this is your gift. This is who will indwell in you now. So before you start, talk to that spirit. Ask your set-apart spirit, your Holy Spirit, your unique spirit, to guide you, to not lead you astray, not lead you into ideas that will hinder your Christianity or be a stumbling block for you. But my bigger point to not, as opposed to just not being alone while you read, is this. When you read it, you get to make your own idea about what this is. You get to read the story yourself and then say, yes, this makes sense. No, this doesn't. This verse doesn't seem to mean this. So the first one that I did this with a brother of, of ours in Christ, he said to me one day while we, were, while we were debating over the phone about the Bible, he said, well, you know, David, meaning da- King David, David and Goliath, he said when David met Goliath, he was neither small nor was he a child. Well, that's weird to me. That's very strange. Because my entire life, even my adult life, David was a boy, probably like 11 or 12, small, probably like four foot tall, skinny, scrawny, and he had to fight this giant Goliath who was 900 feet tall and, you know, carried a castle for a shield. So I said, well, explain this to me. This is what I told him. And he said, no, I won't explain it to you. 
And I said, why is that? He said, because you just told me that you knew the story of David and Goliath. And that's true. I did tell him that. But yet, I somehow didn't know this aspect of it. Now, for those of you that are like, what? Not a child, not small. Now, I could be wrong about this. He could be wrong about this. That's the coolest part, is you're allowed to be wrong, still be saved, still be a Christian, still love Jesus. But David was a shepherd. And what we think of as shepherd is, you know, oh, I'm standing out in the field with my stick, and I'm just kind of watching and hanging out, and I don't do much. Wrong. Shepherds are tough men. Shepherds are men that can stay out at nighttime all night by themselves with their flock and their shepherd's crook and somehow keep the wolves away. Somehow keep the predators from getting them. Okay, well, that's not no little boy who's stupid, who doesn't know how to fight or doesn't know how to do anything. This instead seems to be a man who's out being a shepherd. Now there's a couple things that hints to me that he was no he wasn't no boy and he wasn't small. To understand this, you must first learn about Paul. Saul, excuse me, King Saul. So when Saul, when they decide to make Saul a king, even though God tells them you don't want a king, you shouldn't have a king. He's going to do all these bad things to you. What it says is something along the lines of Paul, or Saul, excuse me, excuse me. Saul was exceedingly handsome, and he was head and shoulders taller than every other Israelite. Head and shoulders taller than the other Israelites. It's like a foot and a half, maybe a foot. Let's just say a foot. So no matter what, Saul is bigger. All right, fair enough. So now David shows up to the battle lines. Now, one thing that happens is David pushes his way through the battle line to meet up with his brothers who are already at the battle. Now, what we envision is a little boy running through the legs of all the warriors, trying to get there to give them their food. What we don't envision is a monster of a man who's wild looking because he lives out in the field with, with the flock and he's walking through. And he gets to the front lines with his brothers because the army parts for him. Now it doesn't say any of this. This is my imagination, which is shoddy at best sometimes but another clue for this is when he realizes what goliath is doing he says what's the prize for this for the man who kills this man saul tells him then saul does something saul puts his armor onto david Saul is taller than the Israelites, bigger than the Israelites. And he puts the armor on to David, the small, tiny boy, skinny, scrawny boy, shepherd. 
seems weird. But to explain this in my uh, Sunday school classes, the explanation was, well, he was a boy. They tried to put the armor on, but the armor didn't fit. The armor didn't fit because it was too big because he was a boy. That's not what it says. What David says is, I'm not used to fighting in this. He puts the armor on and says, I'm not used to fighting in this. Wait a second. If you are a small boy who is not a warrior, how would you be used to fighting at all? Let alone not used to fighting in armor. Now, what we also know about David is when a bear came and a lion came, he went and snatched his lamb or sheep out of that bear's mouth. And if I remember correctly, he says, it wasn't until the bear turned on me and I was afraid that God gave me the strength to kill it. Now, this isn't some giant revelation, nor does it change the story of David and Goliath very much. The story is, don't insult our God, don't come up against him, and if you do, there will be a warrior who rises up for Christ, and he'll be given power to defeat you. Maybe that still happens now, maybe it doesn't. <clears throat> the point of the story is, I thought David was a child. I thought David was small. I thought David was a weakling. And the point of the story was that the weakling beat the giant. I don't think that's the point of the story anymore. Now, I'm sure there's many points to the story. But let me close with this. You should read these stories yourself. Don't just think that you know them because you were told them in Sunday school. Or because you've watched the History Channel. History. you watch the History Channel and they've told you what the story was. Just realize. He gave you the spirit. And he gave you the book to read. If you don't want to read it. Don't be upset when you're led by people who are willing to read it. And don't be upset when they lie to you. They shouldn't lie to you. They shouldn't change the stories. They shouldn't leave things out to promote their own agenda. But shouldn'ts aren't, aren't very solid. And humans are still humans. Read the book. And when you don't understand something in it, go further. Continue to read it. Continue to find pieces that fit together. Or pieces that you had in your mind that aren't real. The last thing about David that lets me know he wasn't small, he wasn't a boy, and he wasn't weak is the fact that when he gets done slingshotting this rock into Goliath's head, which if you want to watch some crazy stuff, go to YouTube and type in slingshotters who are actually in the fields and things like that. Some of them stones break the speed of sound. They go so fast. They create a snap almost like a whip would, right? So after he buries this stone into Goliath's head, he then runs over and he picks up Goliath's sword. I'm sorry, I can't envision a boy doing this. Now heavy that sword would have been, 
you know how big the sword would have been? He picks it up. He cuts his head off. And then he carries this head with him. Not a boy. A warrior for God. That's the story. So, I've gone a little long. The point is, friends, read the story. Stop letting people who tell you they're educated tell you the stories. Stop letting people who have gone to seminary school and got doctorates and worked in the church for 40 years, stop letting them tell you, oh, I know the Greek and I know the Hebrew and you're wrong. Go home and look up the Greek and the Hebrew. Make your own decision with your spirit. Men will let you down. Humans will lie. Your spirit will not lie to you. God will not lie to you. So understand, men with good intentions are good. Read the book yourself. Get into it deep. And ask your spirit to guide you as you do. It's good things that come from that. I love you all, church. In this day and age, just like most day and ages, we're living with Davids and Goliaths. Sometimes it may seem like the Goliath is winning. Just remember, it seemed like that to the apostles. It seemed like that to Jeremiah. Our God is bigger. So when times like this come, read your book. Study. Strengthen your faith. Go about your business praying. Sending peace to everyone. Peace be to you, church. Go in peace.